This is a Soulfire production. What's up, Kelly? Connor, why are you so mean to me in the morning? Whatever, you've been riding my ass all morning long. About what? About nothing. Literally That's the worst part. Anything. It's about nothing. I haven't ridden your ass. and would have liked me? to ride your dick. I oh, went and got you coffee. Like Why you gotta be like that? Make everything inappropriate. There's kids listening. No. I, what if God, the, what please, if some I hope kids, your kids aren't listening. What if some kids are just like, hey, I want to check. I want to learn about my uh, a healthy relationship. And all of a sudden. This is the first episode I listened to, and then swear damn, to God, you, now you've now you've made them uncomfortable or aroused, and it's just weird. And it's a little bit you're welcome. About it. Okay, so here I just thought about this. What if you had this show when you were younger to listen to? Like, how would that have shaped how you viewed yourself and sex? Yeah, I don't. You couldn't have listened to it. I don't. You'd have been like sinners. I don't know if I would have been. I don't Sin. know. <laughs> I don't think so. I used Shame. to watch. I used to watch Sex in the City. That kind of, I learned a lot about learned learned a lot through that uh, outlet. Oh, okay. What show did you watch as a young boy that got you the most aroused? That wasn't like want to be porn or movie. Um, I don't know. Uh, you go first. I have to think about it. Oh, I have no idea. I didn't really have that as a like child. movie. Yeah, like or show because basic either. not Basic Instinct. What's that movie with the, where they're making out in the pool? The um. Oh my God. This is going to drive me fucking Someone crazy. Someone is yelling the name of the movie. Cruel Intentions. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. Cruel Intentions was like, it did it for me. That's hot. But there was lots of movies. It was like whatever movie was coming out. Yeah. Your, di- your dick it. just was like, Meh. I mean, I guess. Yeah. What, what celebrity got you the most aroused? Uh, Mariah Carey. Oh my God. <laughs> Early on. <laughs> what? Um, I was expecting more of like the Jennifer Connelly answer. No, I mean, that was in college. That was when I was in edgy chicks. She was very hot. Like butterfly. Yeah, of course. Oh my God. Sweet, sweet fantasy baby. Mm. My sweet, sweet fantasy. But I I mostly kept it to real people in my fantasizations. Fantasizations. Like my my fourth grade teacher. Mm. She had some big old cans. You know who I should have known I was bisexual in fifth grade. My teacher, her name was actually Kelly, Kelly with a Y. She was about 26 years old and she was such a babe. And I had such a crush on her. I was literally obsessed with her. And I should have known back then that I liked ladies. Well, now, you know, yeah, I don't know if that was really, I don't know if you really had access to that, um, that information or that possibility. No, I was also, also, Having a relationship with your 26 year old teacher in the fifth grade is not appropriate. I don't <laughs> oh, know really? if you can put that out there. Oh shit. Okay. Well, just for all the kids listening, <laughs> I also was. If you're a 26 year old teacher, do not have relationships with your, with your, with your students. I was highly aroused by my teacher in high school, Mr. Cook. He was a quarterback at UCLA and um, he really got it going for me. Is that inappropriate? No. Shouts to Mr. Cook. Um, you know, actually, there was this like, uh, there was this, um, so I had a teacher in seventh grade. Can't remember her name. Uh, also probably shouldn't say it, <laughs> but she had, so she had a daughter who was a year older than me and a daughter that was a year younger than me. 
And at different phases in my life, I think I've like fantasized about each one of them in different. In oh different my god, ways. this is like uh, Mrs. Robinson. What? Right? I haven't seen that movie. Oh my god! So he sleeps with every generation: the grandmother, the mother, and the daughter. Yeah, that's that's like something I would really enjoy doing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I killed that for you. So far. <laughs> Are you going to make me have threesomes with a grandma, a mom, and then a daughter one day? You never know what can happen in life, babe. Burning Man could just, you never know what could go down mm-hmm. when Burning Man happened. Virtual Burning Man. We're going to have Burning Man at our house, by the way. Okay. I have an interesting topic. I wasn't, this is not where I was planning to go. Um, so I was on a call, I was on an interview on this girl's show the other day, and she asked me if I resonated with the term twin flame. <laughs> My initial reaction was Connor will motherfucking murder me if I call him my twin flame. Um, But what I said really shocked me. Oh, did it? Yes. I said that I know that you're my person right now and I'm your person right now. And that I have really let go of the expectation of this is forever. Now, that doesn't mean I don't want to be with you forever. That doesn't mean I don't want to marry you and have kids with you and have our entire lives and die with you in notebook style. Or you get killed by a bear and me cry and then, you know. Revenant style. Be with women. Um, But it was really interesting to me that I had that take because I've never said that before. I've never felt that way. I was always so attached to the expectation of what the relationship had to look like and that it had to be almost a sense of ownership, like you're mine and this is forever. And that is fact. And it it was really cool for me to let go of that and realize that we're both in a constant state of growth and flow and changes and different things happening. And I said, I don't know where we're going to be in five years and 10 years and 20 years. Like this relationship will evolve. And a, giving it the space to and allowing it to is really such a gift for both of us because we get to live our individual lives and be together and let this evolve as it's meant to not try and force it or make it something. Yeah. I, uh, I endorse that message. I think that's a good idea. I don't know. I don't know about the, I don't know about the twin flame thing. It seems like it makes sense to me. A lot of people I've ever known who have done that or have like really like been about the twin flame. Oh, um, did I tell you the story about the guy in Encinitas who was telling me about his, like, he called her his lover the whole time. Oh, oh yes. Oh my God. And they, they he used, he used the word twin flame. Mm-hmm. The phrase. This was flame. like when we first started dating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should I go into it? Please. Okay. So I was, I just moved to Encinitas and I was hanging out with some people and there's a lot of weird motherfucking people in that town. And People are just like floating off in the ethers who have just like done a lot of psychedelics and chanting and I don't know. It was just a weird, it was a weird vibe and I really didn't fit in, but it was also interesting to like observe. And this guy was telling me about his, um, lover, <laughs> lover. And it was just like, he was, he kept saying lover over and over again. I'm like, dude, this guy has got to, he's got to save my girlfriend or maybe like use her name perhaps. I don't know. Like any, anything else. Cause I'm trying not to laugh. And as this is happening, so going on, whatever he talks and talks. And then he like follows me on Instagram the next day. Uh, so I wake up in the morning, I'm getting my car, I check my Instagram. This dude followed me. I'm like, Oh cool. I look at his page and lo and behold, um, his lover was 
this girl that I had a threesome with her and her roommate in, in San Francisco <laughs> when I was there for a psychedelic conference. And she is absolutely insane. But it was really, really funny. It was really funny because I, I, like, I literally, la- I couldn't stop laughing in my car. I was going to get coffee. I couldn't stop laughing in my car. I sent it to my roommate who knew the story and was like, it just it brought it all together because it was so, the way he was going, it's not something I would normally laugh at or like make a big deal of or send to somebody. I'm not, I don't like, I'm not a braggart like that. But the whole situation, because I, I thought that the way he presented it was so obnoxious, I was just, it, the whole thing was so, it was poetic. It was like, oh my God, I cannot believe it's this person who I've talked, I've told the full story on my podcast before. Um, it goes way back, but it was, uh, there was a crazy, crazy experience that happened um, that night that I will never not tell that story. It's probably one of my favorite stories to ever tell. Uh-huh, it, was it was very good. It was, uh, yeah, it was a wild experience. On a nice, yeah, it was good. Anyways, that was funny. So good. Wait, I want to go back but to they, this. Yeah, they're, t- they're twin flames. They're married now. She's pregnant. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so happy. I like to that. think that, you know, in, I've been watching a lot of things about free will and uh, the lack of free will and the multiverse and the many worlds theory. So I like <laughs> to think that if that wouldn't have happened, if I wouldn't have been there, if we wouldn't have had that encounter together, then maybe they would have never met and they wouldn't have be so happy and pregnant right now. So I'm basically responsible for the relationship. Wow. When it comes to quantum physics. He's not narcissistic at all, everybody. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to this really quick. I'm curious your take on, you, you talk about marrying me and having kids with me all the time. I think you actually talk about it more than I do. And knowing that also allowing the relationship to grow. Like this relationship looks so different, one, than any relationship I've had, two, than I thought it was going to. What'd you think it was going to look like lady way more standard and conventional. Why'd you think that? Because I didn't know a lot of things about myself and I didn't let myself be free and wild and try different things and be open. And Tight. so it's just so different. And you've really been a catalyst for a lot of that, but I'm curious what that feels like for you in wanting to be in a committed relationship and get married one day and have kids with someone and also leave room for it to be what it comes. Um, what does it feel like for me? Yeah. Like, what is that like in your head? I'm sure you don't think about this as much as I do. I but don't think about it as much as you do. Yeah. But like <laughs> in your position. Um, I mean, it's interesting. It's there's, Oh God. How do you explain this? There's like, there's pros and cons to it in a lot of ways, you know? So it's like wrangling that. Cause it's, I mean, that's the thing is like, I, when you believe that life is, defined by your sacrifices. Like you, I'm really aware of like what, uh, what lies on both sides of a decision. You know, it's like, well, there's this and then there's this. And it's not that it's like uh, that analytical or, or binary, but it's like, huh. And then you gotta, you know, throw feelings into the equation, which also changes things substantially, but it's been, um, it's interesting. I would say that's like, like it's exciting and interesting and, and sometimes confusing <laughs> in all the ways, but it's hard to, I can't really like, it would be, it would be like too reductionist to just like give it one, a word. You know what I mean? Cause it goes, yeah. it changes all the time. Cause it's like, of course, and that's awesome. And we've talked about it at length, but there's not like a, um, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird, this is not something I, I, it's something, it's something I, I, I had accepted not having in my life. What? Like kids and stuff. Not that I, I, I don't know. I just was like, it may, it might not, you know, I just kind of re- released expectations. So there's not, there's very few expectations that I'm placing on the whole situation. So 
to me, it's like a surprise in a way. It's just like, let's see where it goes. And it's exciting. And that makes it more exciting because it kind of, it's ever evolving. Like my thoughts about it are always different. Well, not to speak for you, but the feeling I get is that you wanted a certain freedom and ability to just do what you want and be in more of a monogamish relationship. Right. And so be Mm -hmm. able to explore that, which I think for you in a lot of ways took the route of marriage and kids in a standard way off the table. And so now you have both. And it's an interesting place to be because it's like, yeah. oh, now I can have both of these things. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And so that changes my feelings about it moving forward. Well, no, that, that's the thing is, I always knew I could have both. But that wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, maybe mm. whatever. I said that, like, I literally, I think I wrote this in my journal because I was writing like what I really wanted in a relationship and kind of recounting my previous relationships and getting into it. And I was like, listen, here's the thing. The people like this exist. They're out there. That would be into this and down for this and as excited about it as you are. So just find one of those people. Like they, they're out there. They're, 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 they're doing their thing. They're be popping around right now. They're like doing whatever they're doing. So just, be really open to what that means. And that, that led me into dating all kinds of different people for a long time and for a couple of years anyways. And that was really fun for me and exciting and intriguing. And it helped me shape. It kind of broke me out of my conventional box of the type of people I was dating, which was really just this teeter totter back and forth between blowing up stable relationships that were too stable and then getting in toxic ones that were too toxic and too chaotic. So it was kind of the back and forth there versus then I had to like kind of break out of my conventions and try new things and get out there and go on a lot of like bad dates and just do the shit that people don't really want to do. Um, and then find a way to enjoy it. And because of that, it just was one of those things. I was like, I can have this if I really, if I really want this of all the things, right. There's so many things you want. Like it's more likely for me to find that kind of partner like you, like what we have than it is for me to be the next Joe Rogan, but I still aspire to have millions of downloads on a thing that I'm doing. Right. That's not any more unreasonable than being with the girl who likes girls sometimes mm-hmm. like, you know, see them saying like mm-hmm. statistically speaking, we would think that that's so out, out off out in the, out in the weeds. Like, Oh my God, that can never happen. It's like, motherfucker, you want all kinds of things that aren't going to happen. At least you can aspire to it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like just kind of being ambitious and open-minded and it gives you, does give you the space. It, it like automatically infuses the space to grow because it inspires, it, it, it elicits conversations that most people aren't having, which then creates a different kind of, it creates a different agreement for the relationship. And that's the whole thing. Relationships are always agreements. Marriage is an agreement. And then they like, you either can take the ones that are handed to you or you can make your own. Mm-hmm. Right. But at least be conscious of the ones, what you're doing with them. When well, you yeah. wanted this relationship to be on our terms, not labeled in the relationship that I was in. Right. But specifically, cause I'm in the relationship yeah. with you to not be by anyone else's labels or expectations or standards. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I feel like I'm just asking you all the questions, but now I'm just curious. So how did you end up with me? So you're on this journey. You were thirsty and you hit me up. So thirsty. <laughs> um, I was actually the opposite of thirsty. Um, That's what you thought. Yeah. Um, you're dehydrated. Didn't even know it. <laughs> uh, you were dating lots of different kinds of people. Yes. 
and you were getting really clear about what you wanted. I wasn't in that space though. So I'm curious how you ended up with me, what it was about me that led you to believe like, oh, I think I could do life with this person. Well, I mean, when we started talking, I knew I was going to take it seriously, which is, has to be, it's, is one of those things that needs to be like a explicit, um, internal agreement with myself <laughs> to take something seriously. Cause usually like the, my, my default is like, at that, especially at that point was to not, right. um, to not take something like that. I just wasn't in that place. Right. Um, I don't know, but from early on, I just knew like, okay, this is something that was it. It was like, I'll just take this serious. I'll just like, really, I'll really take this seriously as far as considering it as a possible option for partnership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that just, that would just kind of change the tone of the whole thing. And then it kind of went from there. It wasn't like a, I don't even feel like it was even that conscious of a choice. It just kind of went, it just went where it went. That's how I feel too. It's like, Cause you know, I was coming out of a really tough breakup and I had just started being like much more in my spiritual plant medicine journey. And I was really going for it. I had come out of a very, very dark place. And the last thing I wanted to do was be in a relationship. And I didn't even know who you were. Um, and so it, it really, it's funny you say it wasn't a conscious decision because that's how it felt for me. It was, it was just this pull and this, it just happened. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, I remember praying for this. I remember journaling in Tulum about all the things I didn't want in a relationship and that I did want and the changes I needed and all of this stuff and really letting go of so much. I literally prayed for this and then you just came and I was drawn to you and I felt so connected and I was like, oh, okay. So we're, we're this is what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. It was weird for yeah. sure. It was surprising, but it also wasn't, I don't know. Yeah. It was just, it just happened. Yeah. And here we are. (laughs) It was just a thing that happened. Yeah. Um, okay. So sorry to ask you a million questions. That was really interesting for me. You know what? I love this show because I learned so much because we're not necessarily having these conversations every day. No, we really try not to actually, especially now because we're always together. So I really (laughs) try and like leave you alone on this stuff, but it's cool to like learn this with our community at the same time. Before we get into this show, babe, I want to talk about better help because it's been a, an amazing resource for both of us. Yeah, I, was just, I was just messaging with my therapist yesterday. Oh, I love that. Yay. So the therapist that I got set up with through BetterHelp is very spiritual. And the way I've been telling people about this service is that it's not just traditional talk therapy. And I have really gotten away from that. Everyone knows we both did somatic therapy together. I've worked with a lot of alternative medicine, doctors, practitioners, healers. And so I've really wanted to work with someone who's more on the spiritual side of things. And it has really turned into that. She has become such a guide and a mentor for me, uh, really started out just needing to get a lot of things off my chest, whether it was you driving me crazy or things with family or whatever was heavy on my heart. And now she's giving me book recommendations and we're talking about talking to our guides and really getting very, very connected to the universe and, and all of this stuff. And so for me, that's really exciting because I'm able to have that duality of the relationship with her of knowing mm-hmm. I can come and have a traditional talk therapy. Let me just spew some shit. Or I can come to her with very direct questions about my spirituality and my journey with, 
with that and she'll have incredible quite or incredible answers for yeah, me. Yeah, and it's important to have a place that's unbiased to process that kind of stuff. Yeah. Especially if you're going through a lot of changes. Yeah. And I know for guys, I mean, you you're obviously a man. Um, it obviously. can be really hard to ask for help. I think better help makes it more accessible because you didn't necessarily want to get on the phone or have a video call with your therapist. So you've been messaging with her and yeah. they're super available. You can message them anytime. They're very affordable, accessible. They make asking for help a lot easier. Yeah. And it's just, that's the thing too, is like when you're going through something, right? Like something's coming up, especially if you're having some, some patterns that are challenging in your life, you know, you don't always have time to schedule an appointment. So if you can just shoot a message and be like, Hey, this is what's going on. Um, and they, they, especially if you spent time with them, they'll know mm-hmm. what, what direct, what are your, you know, that's one thing as a, as a therapist or in a helping relationship, they kind of get like your, what's your pattern, right? With a little bit of time. It's like, okay, well, Hey, remember, remember, remember this or do that or try this out. And they even have a lot of resources too, like these little worksheets and stuff they'll send you, which kind of get you out of your head, which is oh, really I nice. Love that. Yeah. That's amazing. So we wanted to partner with BetterHelp because it's something that has really supported us in our journeys. Um, so if you go to betterhelp.com slash okay, babe, you get 10% off. And really guys, this is less than $60 a week. You get a call every week with your counselor, your therapist, and you can unlimited message them. Um, and they're just really, really available. So we hope you take advantage of this offer, especially right now when I think a lot of people need help and are not sure where to access it in an affordable way. And this is really where we recommend you going. Yeah. What was the link one more time? Betterhelp.com slash okay, babe. Slash okay, babe. Do it. Do it. All right. Let's get into this question from our, from our, from our listener, our listener Q here. This is so interesting. Okay. It is interesting. Yes. So my girl sends me an email and wants our input. And really she wanted us to address this on the show because she felt like there were other couples going through this and wanted the community to be able to address it and give their feedback as well. So Following this conversation, we would love to hear from you if you've ever been in this kind of situation or what comes up for you as I, as we talk about this. So she says, what do you do if your partner is vocal about being dissatisfied with your sex life? Basically her boyfriend was very experienced with lots of women before her and quickly. <laughs> also yeah. reminds her of that on, on a regular basis. Uh-huh. Um, quickly determines and comes to her after they start dating and are having sex that she quote was not adequately tight enough and that she would need to get that fixed for him to be satisfied sexually. She also adds that there may have been some negative comments about the appearance of her vulva as well. She says she's never been told this in the past shocked to hear that I was broken or that she was broken Um, or at least not up to par compared to the large number of women he had been with in the past. So they've been together for two years, still a big issue. Her self-confidence has just been crushed and her sex life has turned more into a performance than an immersion of two people, as she calls it. So what would you do if your partner told you this? And for Connor, does this shock him that a man would tell a woman this, or is this a common conversation that women and their partners just aren't talking about? And lastly, how far would you go to make sure the problem was fixed or would you even try? Let's start with the last, the last part there. How far would you go? The problem is fixed. I, you know, it's about you more than anything else. Like if you're, if this is just all coming as a surprise to you, then obviously it didn't bother you beforehand. Right. So it's pretty much, that's, 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 wait, what? If this is all, it seems like based on this email that, um, 
this kind of comes as a surprise to her that he would say this or that he is having these issues with her vaginal situation. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't on her mind beforehand. Right. Right. No so one it wasn't, said a, it, it, was, it wasn't a problem before. Correct. Um, and this is the weird thing. And honestly, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here, but this I think is a lot of times the problem with porn. Yeah. Is it sets unrealistic expectations of like pussies and dicks just look, they're all different. It's like a fingerprint. They're just different. And it, it is what it is. And we're going to go later on down like the difference. We did the boobs. Uh, maybe we should do it. We should do a, a Volvo one later on. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk about dicks later and the different shapes of dicks. And that's the thing. We're all just different. Right. So if it's unreconcilable, like there's not much you can do about the tightness situation. I don't, I think this well, is, there is, you can, what you, is it? You get laser and it tight. A lot of women do it after they have babies because you stretch out so much. The skin becomes really loose. So you can get a laser on the inside t- treatment that tightens your vagina. On well, ins- I don't know if it's on the inside. Yeah, I think, it's, I think, a, I think it's a, a that's aesthetically though. That's on the outside, which doesn't have much to do with the, with the, no, I tightness. think it still makes it tighter. I don't know. I don't know. That may just I'm be marketing. I don't, I, I, me either. We should, we should have, we should have, have a very tight up. vagina. So I don't think about that. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> do I not? Sometimes I feel like a virgin when we start having sex. Again. Oh really? Yeah. It's like, Ooh. Oh, interesting. Um, Your dick is just so ginormous. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a big old hog. But um, no, I think this is an interesting interesting situation. He definitely, I think this is a common conversation that could and should be had if it's a if it's a thing. If it's if it's he- like it's not something you should ignore. But no, it also seems like satisfied. the way that he, the way that he's bringing this up, he's not he's. It doesn't seem like he's saying what what he wants or what would make it better necessarily it's just what's wrong i don't well, I, i'm having I, a hard time with this so i asked for a follow-up i asked her a few questions to follow up because she said there have been other comments and criticisms other than this so then when we went back and forth she basically told me that they've both gained a lot of weight he's overweight he doesn't feel good about himself he's constantly criticizing her and so he's projecting all of his shit and his insecurities and not good enough throwing the other women in, in her face, telling her she's not good enough, telling her vagina, her vulva is not tight enough and that, you know, she's overweight. And so it's just like this whole pile of criticisms and projections that have led to this. Usually I feel like when you gain a lot of weight in a relationship, it's a sign of something not being good. Correct. Like a lot, maybe enmeshment or, um, or just complacency, general complacency. I don't know. I don't, that's a, yeah. Well, that's, that's just, that's projection there. But at, at the same time, I don't know. I was, I, I feel different here because I was always kind of just like curious about what was going on. You know what I mean? It's like you could guess beforehand. <laughs> oh my God. So, okay, let's, let's put this into, if you were in this situation and you had just started dating someone and you weren't fully satisfied with your sexual experience with her because of, you know, whatever, it doesn't feel as good as, as you would like it to, or not as satisfying. How would you approach that? I guess two different scenarios. One, if you're not really that into her, you just, maybe you end it. Or two, you're fully into this woman and you're like, wow, I could see my life with her. But there's this thing where I'm not being fully satisfied. How would you approach that? Oh God. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, I just, I haven't really necessarily been in uh, that situation before. Mostly if it's like, it's like how someone would have sex, right. It would be a more of a, or just like, they, it wasn't, 
clicking or right. we're on the same page. I just haven't had that. I've had, I've had like issues with uh, like taste and smell kind of in a way, which is different, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as feeling, I just, I can't, it's hard for me to connect with this guy, what this guy's dealing with here and why the way he's handling himself is what I'm more concerned about. Well, yeah, he's just super insecure and down on himself. So he's just taking it out on her. Yeah. And I don't, I've just, I'm, I really feel bad that I don't have more to say. Okay, here, but it's, here, it's, 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 it's tying me in knots a little bit. Cause it's like some things, there are certain things that it just, if you want to be in a relationship with somebody that you're not, they're going to be kind of like, whatever that you're not going to be so super, super stoked on. It's not going to be a 10 out of 10 as far as everything being what you want it to be. And in my experience, I'm like, just don't fucking talk about it. Just like keep going with the relationship. It's going to become normal. And that's like everything else. And just, it just depends on what you, what you want with the thing, with the relationship. No one is perfect. No one is going to check every one of your boxes. I don't check all of your boxes. You don't check all of my boxes. And this is when you talk about sacrifices, I don't think as you say sacrifices, when you first started saying that to me, it really kind of jolted me. I was like, wow, you're having a sacrifice to be with me, Connor. But what I have come to understand is that there are, there are things that we want in different ways. And it, in order to have what you truly desire, what's the most important in terms of your priorities, you let go of other things, right? Yeah. And so as much as stability and, um, how do I want to phrase this? Like organization and knowing what's happening is really important to me. You don't bring that to me, which has been hard to swallow because I struggle with that. But what you do bring is like, carefreeness and wild and fun and playfulness, which is so important to me. So I sacrifice you having a plan or being organized or knowing what's going on sometimes in order to have something that's actually more important in a partner for me, which is fun and playfulness and, Uh you know, exploration. So that's how I look at this. It's like, if, if something is really important to you, you're willing to let go of the other stuff. That's just, you realize it's just not that big of a deal. I can provide that for myself. Yeah, for sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I've also got a thought about this. It's like this guy brings up other women, right? Okay. Let's just, let's, and I'm going to say this is going to sound kind of douchey and arrogant, but I'm going to say it anyways. I've I've been with a lot of women, right? And when you're with, when you, when you've actually been with a lot of women, you don't talk about it. Well, when you don't talk about it that much necessarily, unless you're a fucking tool, but you also know that you had, you've had an experience of a, of a, of a plethora of different types of pussies. You see what I'm saying? So it's like you, you there's this, he, he has this idea of like what a pussy's supposed to be like, which is naive, which means to me, I'm like, well, and, and also the fact that he's bringing it up like that to someone, like we talk about it sometimes, but as like specific situations or something that's like funny or exciting or whatever. But if you've been with that many women, dude, you know that there's like all different kinds of like shape sizes, aesthetics, tightness levels and maybe you got a small dick. I don't know what the fuck your deal is here, but it's like, if you've right. been with that many women enough that you're going to like hold it over someone's head, like you, you got to know that every pussy's different. That's kind of the most fun part of the whole situation when it comes to sex. It's like, what, what you know, what's I mean, down, I what's can it, say, what's yeah, in here? I've been with three girls now and I'm like, this is super fun. I don't know what I'm yeah, going to And get. every one of theirs, everyone, everybody's pussy is different. Uh-huh. So it's like, if you've been with a lot of women, I think it's one of those, that's one of the benefits of it. It's like, Oh, I, I don't have any expectations now because everybody's different. And I've also totally. been with someone who is very insecure about their vulva situation and ended up getting surgery. Like after we weren't 
together anymore. And it was like, it like bro- broke my heart. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. it wasn't even that big of, it wasn't like a, it wasn't an issue necessarily, mm-hmm. but it was something that was just like, so it was such an insecurity. It caused like a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, and to me, I'm like, dude, it's just, everybody's, everybody's different, man. Everybody's, I don't know. Like we're yeah. going to get into dicks. We're going to talk about my dick and how it's different than most people's dicks. Yeah. And I've been with many different types of dicks. Right. And so I've been in relationships or dating or hooking up with someone and like, there's so much goodness in a lot of aspects of my connection with these people. And then you get in bed. And I mean, I've been with a guy that he had a very small dick and he was really sweaty during sex, like (laughs) really sweaty. And I just, I couldn't handle it. It was just too much for me. And it was just, it was awkward and kind of clunky. And like, we just didn't match. He's now married and has, I think maybe two kids and so happy. And so for me, it's like, oh, I just wasn't a fit for him, but someone else could be like super aroused by all of that. And maybe that's a thing for them. Yeah, sweat on me, daddy. Yeah. And yeah. And maybe they have like different kinds of sex. I don't know. It was also almost 10 years ago. So who knows what, how I would feel about it now. But I think that it comes down to being a fit for each other. I think you and I sexually fit very well together Mm -hmm. and that's not always the case. Yeah. So to me in this relationship, it probably is, uh, this is going to be irreconcilable. Well, I also, I told her, I was like, he sounds like a dick. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Get, get out of there. Get back in the gym when you can and, uh, get yourself, get yourself tightened up body wise and then find somebody with a fucking John ham size hog and just yeah. like, don't even worry about that. And shit do anymore. you girl like no and one this, deserves, I don't this. know anybody, I don't know anybody's age, but this seems like a very, um, immature I think our age. Well, either way, it's like the, the maturity level here is on his side, especially because I mean, of course you're going to be, if somebody was to bring that up, that's one of those things. That's what, when you bring something like that up with someone, which is something they can't really do that much to change, right? Maybe Kegels or something. I don't know Yeah. how that works. I don't have a pussy, so I don't really know, but it's like, you can't unsay it. Nope. So the way that you say it is incredibly important. And the way you bring it up and the way you kind of, you can't, you, there's no, un, there, somebody can't unhear it. It's, it's always going to be a thing. And in the way that he went about this was absolute dog shit. So it just seems like it's like, get the fuck out of there. Man. Just go out of there. Just go ahead and just move on. And not that I don't usually tell somebody what to do, but I'm like, dude, you should be with somebody who cherishes that poontang. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I have a question since you brought this up and we're, we are talking about like gaining weight and stuff. If your partner is gaining weight and it is affecting your attraction to them. So maybe, maybe if they're gaining weight and they're they're, usually, if you're, if you're gaining weight and you're not feeling great about yourself, there's something going on, whether it's in the relationship or your career or your family, or there's this stress that you're under and you get in this situation. And so it's affecting your relationship and you know that they're not in a great place. You know, they're not in integrity or where they want to be. How do you approach that? Because well, like you said, you is, can't unsay it. Sexually, I would just bend them over and then make them squeal like a pig. Squeal like a pig. And then, then they'll be really insecure and then they'll do something about it. What? <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen Deliverance? No. Oh my God. You're a tool. Anyways, no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, um. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Connor. What? You're a fucking dick. I'm not either. I didn't do that really. Okay. So I mean, what would your, not in this relationship anyways, Hey, 
yet. What would your response, like, how would you handle that? If somebody's letting themselves go? Yeah. I think this happens a lot. I mean, you just can't control somebody else's shit, you know? Yeah, but if it's affecting your attraction to them. Yeah, you got to bring it up. Bring it up gently. How? In a very compassionate way. Depends on the situation, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, it's a weird thing. I haven't really been there necessarily either. Um, I had a girlfriend tell me I was too fucking stout and thick and muscular one time, so that was pretty tight. Did she really? Uh, yeah, I was. I was built like a goddamn like Mack truck. Was this steroid, Connor? It was t- college, Connor. Okay, like my shirts didn't fit anymore. I had to like buy new clothes. Oh my! Yeah, and whenever I, like when it? I was doing testosterone, it was like I'm a big. I'm like a big framed dude. I'm like a rectangle. So inst- I kept wanting to get my my. I always felt like my arms were too small for my body. Um, so I would just, I was doing, guess when I did gear for the first time, so I was on testosterone, this deca test cycle, which is like, OG. I would love to do that again, by the way. But I was just, my, my, what happens with me is that my, when you have that much testosterone and you, men have anabolic receptors in their upper body. So I wasn't, I wasn't like a skipping leg day. Like I squatted three times a week. I had really big like legs. Like I was just busting out of shorts all the time. Just fucking so thick and juicy. But, um, but no, she, she brought it up cause I was getting off gear. We were talking about it. She's like, yeah, you just, we've gotten like too big. Cause my chest and my back would like expand. Oh, so I would wow. get like, I would just get like, I was like a brick, like a big brick person. I didn't have like the, I don't have like the little waist that makes you look like aesthetically like a bodybuilder. If you ever noticed they have like mm-hmm. little bitty waist. That's why they don't have, they don't usually don't squat that much or they are big like Jay Cutler and they're just like humongous. So I was probably 20, 21, but I was like, yeah, I just, I remember just putting on a shirt being like, this thing doesn't even like cover my torso. Wow. <laughs> She's like, you got to do something about this. This is not attractive anymore. Cause you get to that point, you know, when you're like, mm-hmm. so like, if I'm just genetically kind of built that way where it's like, if I get big, it's like not, it's not like attractive. So she told me that and I was like, cool. So I lost like 20 pounds and I felt way better. I moved better. It was like more of a, you're getting a little carried away with this and you're not in on the joke anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause there is kind of a joke about getting jacked. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get jacked. And it's like funny, but then you get carried away in it and you're like, okay, I need it's to probably much. calm down. Mm-hmm. But, um, how to bring this up. I mean, health is important. Sexuality is important. I think it's something that, sh- that should be, that you shouldn't, you should be looking for these indicators early on in a relationship. If someone's like, committed and disciplined in the way that they take care of themselves in whatever way that you find a value. If it's a value for you, you've got to be really on top of that early on. Cause if you're five years into a relationship and someone's letting themselves go, that doesn't count if someone's been like pregnant and that kind of whole thing. Yeah. Uh, well to a point, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta be able, you gotta be on top of this stuff. We look at everything through rose colored glasses. Like, Oh, well they'll, they don't like working out, but they're going to keep doing it because it's good for them. Like that doesn't really necessarily work. If you noticed your partner out of integrity, which this really kind of leads into that and not taking care of themselves, not doing what they say they want to do for their life. Are you talking about me right now? No, (laughs) but you always talk about being in integrity. Mm -hmm. And we talked when we had um, Joe and Lauren on the show, they talked a lot about this because of her eating disorder. And Joe Mm -hmm. had to sit her down and say, babe, you are out of integrity. She wasn't eating food. Yeah. She was getting really sick again. And it was like he had to be that honest with her. How do we approach our partners, whether it's work, working out, anything where they're out of their own integrity? Yeah, I think I've done this before a couple of times and um, I've had it done to me too, but it's, 
that's a different kind of conversation than like something that's, um, that's cosmetic, right? Oh yeah. It's like, Hey, I'm noticing you're saying this, this is what I did. And I feel like it went well. I was like, it was not a fun conversation, but it's like, you're saying this and you're, you're saying X and you're doing Y. And you're, then you're getting frustrated and it's, un, it's like affecting our relationship because then you're mad and it's like in a bad mood, but it's just because you're not doing what you say you want to do. So either do something that makes sense for you can quit living into this delusion that you're going to try and do this thing that you're not doing or, um, fucking tighten it up. Cause it's, just not cool. But it's, that, that was, that's a little, you can be a little bit more assertive with those kind of conversations, especially, and you can't, it's not blaming someone or whatever. It's like, here's just what I'm noticing. It's like, here's a note. Here's what I'm noticing. Mm-hmm. Not you're wrong or anything like that. Like that's a different approach completely, but it is ex- expressing noticing. And I think we do that. Yeah. You do that more than I do. Cause I'm a fucking tool. Yep. So yeah, but you can be a little more assertive and aggressive with not aggressive necessarily, but assertive with that kind of take versus, Hey, your love handles are not doing it for me. Yeah. For me, you did this last year when I was going down the spiritual rabbit hole and it was becoming all consuming and it was a lot. And I think that you, you saved me in a lot of ways because I didn't see what was happening. Yeah. And I think I do this for you in in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm definitely a more verbal vocal partner than you. Um, And I, I just, I'm very observant and I take into account everything that you say, what you want for your life, what's important to you. And it's really important to me to almost be a second set of eyes and ears for you mm-hmm. because just like you were able to shine a light on something happening for me where you were showing me and I couldn't see it for myself. Well, I was too far too. into it. You can, you can observe other people better than you can yourself sometimes. And if you yeah. have a kind of relationship where that person knows you and you know that person better than they kind of know themselves, oftentimes David data talks about this in the, um, I think he calls it the three like levels of intimacy. Um, but yeah, at certain points, if you're around somebody enough and you know someone well enough, like you can see things in their life that they can't see for themselves. And, and to kind of circle back to that conversation we had, it was more or less me saying, and this, I guess, is one of those things, right? Like this makes sense, I guess, if you're talking about overweight or loose vaginas or whatever the fuck you're talking about here. It's like, listen, here's a deal. I know where this goes. I've been in this, I've been, I'd kind of been in that psychedelic world. And I've seen people lose their fucking shit. Like a friend of mine had a psychotic break and like straight up, uh, he needed like professional help. Not that you were going that direction, no, but no. I've just seen that kind of stuff. It's been, and that's hard when you're like, well, this is a really good friend of mine. And now we can't talk because he's fucking crazy. Um, uh, which is a real thing that can happen. But it was more saying, I know where this is going. And I've already decided before I met you that that's not what I wanted in a partner. And if you want to do that, like more power to you. Like it's, it can be fun and exciting and you can learn a lot. Just not what I'm trying to do. So and it, it was, I don't, I tried not to give you like an ultimatum, even though it kind of was, it was totally an ultimatum, yeah, but it wasn't like you need to quit doing this or whatever it was. Here's this, here's the decisions that I've made for myself. And I, again, to talk about integrity, it's like, I could sit here and pretend like I'm not, I'm going to keep doing this thing, but I'm not, I've already like kind of made my mind up about that. But it wasn't that you were wrong. I never said you were wrong. Like if you wanted to keep doing that and that was your, that's your prerogative. And I wasn't going to have any hard feelings for it if you wanted to do that. You know what I mean? That, yeah. There's a difference in that versus like you, sh- to me, an ultimatum is like, you need to stop doing this or I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more a, you're kind of losing yourself in this. And if that's, and that's, that's the thing too. It's like, 
sometimes for some people, losing themselves in a thing is the best way to to learn. It just not it's just not what I was trying to do in my life. It just it, it just it was kind of and maybe I you know I have some experiences with that that aren't necessarily awesome. So it was more sharing that and just what I'd wanted in a relationship, but you've also done that to me too in different ways, you know, and it's not from a place of anybody being wrong. It just is what it is. Yeah. But you got to be genuine about that stuff. And it's like, Hey, I see you going down this road of becoming out of shape or like whatever you're doing. Um, and talking about it, like, what are the, you is cause the thing is you're not the only one they notice it too. Of right. Course. So what do they feel about it? What are their thoughts? What are their excuses that they're running through? Can they actually talk to you about it? Or are they insecure? So insecure. They don't want to talk about it. You just got to open the door to that shit. And where is it? It's coming not going to be fun though. And you're going to probably upset the person, but if you do it in a delicate, in a, in a compassionate way, um, with you know, strategically, they'll either blow up and it'll be a thing or they'll settle down and like, know that they can talk to you about a thing. Cause they're probably feeling really insecure about themselves too. What I have noticed too, is that when I've come to you in this way, we have had some blowout fights and our biggest growth and the most self-awareness and honesty has come from that. Mm-hmm. And it has been very uncomfortable for me. If I don't say these things, I feel like I'm lying to you and to myself. And I feel like if you're out of integrity and I'm out of integrity, then what are we doing? And Mm -hmm. that's not okay. That's out of integrity for our relationship as well. Yeah. And so I've gotten to a point which is really uncomfortable for me in being okay with disappointing you and upsetting you in order to speak what I feel is true for me and what I'm seeing with you. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of where you were last year. And I think that as people pleasers and codependent tendencies within a relationship, getting okay with disappointing someone is part of the game. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. And it, it, there's, there's uh, disappointing someone isn't necessarily, it's not like you're going to be disappointed forever, No, but it can be frustrating for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's talk let, about dicks. Let's, well, first let's talk about basic witches. Let's talk about basic witches. We've got the basic witches in the soul fire network and now here's the deal these girls are fucking hilarious they're both former comedians they still consider themselves comedians they still doing sets i mean on tiktok oh they are funny as fuck on tiktok (laughs) (laughs) but they're sitting down with actors comedians and other spiritual gurus slash witchy vibe individuals and it's fucking funny like their show was so fun to be on Mm -hmm. and such a really unique experience as far as they're kind of like call her daddy, but spiritually. Yes. Which is what a compliment. A, a, yeah. A solid, a solid combination. And it's been fun to watch their, their show kind of blow up over the past several months and, and, and people really getting like in their, they call it the coven in their coven of a coven of girls that are just like into it and pulling cards and buying crystals and burning incense and whatever the fuck, witches do calling in dark spirits, having seances, uh, using Ouija boards. I'm just kidding. But oh my God, I need a Ouija board. No, you do not. I'm going to pull cards. The last thing you need is a Ouija, Ouija board. board. Um, but they're awesome. And we're going to link to their show in the show notes of this show. One million percent. If you have not checked out the basic witches yet, get your sexy ass over there. Subscribe. And when you love the show, cause you know, you'll love the show. Leave a five star review. Send them some love. 
follow them on all the Instagrams and the TikToks and the whatever else they're on. I think this is it. Yeah. Instagrams and TikToks. Yeah. We love Leah and Rachel. And they were actually just on my show as a part of the Soulfire online retreat series. How did and that we, go? Oh my God. Can I, can I just tell you, I think I screamed like seven times because they were pulling cards for the, our live guests that were yeah. on the call with us. They were so accurate. It was scary. Like this one woman had talked about, she had questions on fertility and wanted to know what was coming up. And so the girls pulled a card for her. And right before that, I think Rachel had said, um, I'm seeing the color red and they pull the card and it's a red card about children and fertility. I kid you not. Like I, you can't make this stuff up. It is so unbelievable. Every single card they pulled was so spot on. So we'll also link to that show. Cause it's, it's an amazing episode. Um, just talking about burning the shit down and, and wanting to, to grow. Um, but I love them so much. The other thing I wanted to talk about with you, babe, is blue blocks. Oh yeah. Oh, I look know, so sexy in my blue blocks. You really do. And I'm talking on my Instagram stories, blocking the blues. Mm -hmm. For me, we have been on our screens even more than normal. And I've noticed that over the years when I'm, when I'm on my screen a lot, especially at night, if we're watching Netflix late, I have a really hard time falling asleep and I have a lot of eye strain. I already have kind of messed up eyes to begin with and using our blue blocks glasses has really helped me fall asleep faster. And I have made a conscious effort of wearing them throughout the day. Yeah, they're super great. And they're really comfy too. I know I've, pl I've, I've played around with blue blockers and one thing that's really great is I got the ones that are, um, for digital eye strain. They're not yellow or orange or anything. And they look nice, which is cool. I can wear them kind of for, I always forget that I'm wearing them cause they're comfy, but I also just don't look like a fucking dork. Yeah. Which is nice. Cause when you're around these like biohackers and they're wearing blue blockers everywhere, I'm like, you look like you're going to a gun range and it's, and they're also really awkward looking generally speaking, yeah, but they did not. a good job with really cool frames mm -hmm. um, and different styles for different purposes. And they got that sleep mask that is just so comfy. On do you my love face. that thing? I do love it. So nice. So we also love blue blocks because they have a three tiered process they go through for quality control. So a lot of blue blocking glasses on the market are total shit and they don't actually work or do what they say they want to do. So that's really important to us. They have 20 lenses in their collection. They're expanding to 40 and you can get them prescription. Yeah. So you just send in your prescription and your glasses will come in that which is really cool. Um, so you're covered from day to night and they also donate a pair of glasses for every pair sold. They really believe everyone has the right to glasses, which we are totally on board with as people who have really bad vision. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be able to see yes. seeing is important. Mm -hmm. So if you go to blueblocks.com slash babe, you can get 15% off plus free shipping and blue blocks is B L U B L O X dot com slash babe use the code get 15 percent off and free shipping and take care of those eyes of yours do it and sleep better yeah all right let's talk about dicks all right let's get into some dicks here we're gonna talk about different types of dicks and, and for everybody out there go ahead and message kelly if you've had any odd experiences with different types of dick shapes because we've talked about vulvas and uh, we're gonna get into more vulva talk next time i'm putting that in the universe next time we're talking we're talking different types of of vaginas but right now, we're going to explore different dicks. And I'm, I may pop in here because they have some. This is from Healthline, which seems like a, 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 a reputable pub publication. Is it? Is it better than WebMD? I'm not really sure. I don't think WebMD has this kind of Because this talks about sex positions, too, that are great for different types of dicks. Mm. So let's go ahead. And I think they put this in order by kind of the most common. And maybe we'll share something about my um, 
my dong in here. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what you have to say. Okay. So first one, penises are all different shapes and sizes, blah, 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 blah. Curved upwards. Like a banana, this penis curves slightly. Penis. Penis <laughs> curves slightly upward, at least when it's erect. The upward curves means an advantage when it comes to stimulating all the right spots for tur cooling body. Toe curling. That's what I said. Tur curling. That's how I don't fucking come at me with the way I talk and read. Jesus Christ. Well, I want people to know what you're saying. I know everyone knows what I'm saying. Toe curling, full body orgasms. The G spot, A spot, and the prostate if you're a um, man taking that dong. So, yeah, fantastic. What do you think about the curved upward dick, babe? I mean, it gets that G spot for sure. My dick curves upward. I don't know if you were going to say that or not. Not really. It does a little bit. I mean, don't, don't. slight curving. Well, it's not straight. I guess, yeah. Okay. Um, curved downwards, which is interesting. I've never, I've never, uh, not that I've seen that many erections, but curved downwards. I've never been with that. Flip that banana around and you've got this shape, <laughs> which is basically the penis with a slight downward curve. It, it's noticeable only during an erection. So for, if you, if you're, if you're rocking with that, if you're, if you're about to ride that curved uh, down a uh, dick. Should you do cowgirl? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rear empty positions that make A, G, and P spot simulation a breeze right into the sunset. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so flip it. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying here. So you're going rear in my, entry. You're going in my butt. No, not everyone ass, knows not I rear, like that. Rear entry is different than da, like doggy style. Yes, Jesus Christ! But you can go in my butt doggy style. Uh, Clearly, you guys. I, I just. Oh my god! Stop! I need it so much. You're making me feel real uh, bashful. Um, C-shaped. <laughs> That's why they call me C-daddy. I'm just kidding. It's not. Um, this type of penis has a noticeable curve to the right. If you or your partner are rocking a major curve, the willingness to experiment with different angles is a must. You ever seen any dicks that curve, like that curve to the right? No. Like a boomerang? No. No? No. Have you? I, babe, I don't see that many dicks. You've been in like locker rooms. Oh, yeah, stuff. but no, no one's hard. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, I hope I not. Mean, <laughs> All right. Straight. The straight penis maintains pretty much the same shape from shaft to head. No angles to accommodate. You can. What the fuck? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo your way through every sex position. What? It's good for all of the things. Yeah. I feel like that's not that fun. You have a straight dick. I feel sorry for you. You need to give your dick some character. Go Start ahead, training slam, it, slam it. Slam it into car door or something. Oh so you can get, to get something weird. All right. Bigger base with a narrow head. This penis is thicker at the base and narrows as you get closer to the head, giving it a cone-esque shape. I don't know. That's, I've heard about this. Heard about I've this. I've never heard about this or seen it. Uh, the narrow, narrower head makes it, it makes for easy entry and the wider base provides more stimulation the deeper you go. Yeah, I'm excited about that. That sounds fun. You've got that going wow. on. Good for you. I feel like very insecure now. Baby, I love your dick. Narrow base with a larger head. I've actually seen this on a, on a porn when I was uh, in high school. Oh. It was very intense. It looked like a snow cone. Like, whoa. How'd that happen? The hammer penis, which is long and thin with a much larger head, has all the markings for a good nailing. Wow. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> oh. This is a great article. The extra girth of the tip sim simulates the vaginal and rectal walls, which will feel good for both of you. Wow. 
Choose positions that allow you to receive, that allow the receiver to open wide and stimulate their clit or penis at the same time for easier entry. Wow, good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Now we're going to talk about some length and uh, girth situations. Smaller than average length and girth. Kelly was speaking about this earlier. She is not a fan. Everybody out there, don't take it personally. Someone is a fan, I guarantee. Oh, yeah. Um, what is that word? The, the gherkin. gherkin. <laughs> <laughs> Falls on the shorter and narrow side of the average, but don't let this smaller stature fool, fool you. It doesn't need to be big to be amazing. Pro tip. If you want to go deep, some positions are better than others. Doggy style is one of the best for any type of sex with a smaller than average penis. If you're flexible, the pile driver is a fan freaking tastic. The pile driver. I've never heard of that. Uh, I think it's where you're upside down. Oh, we've never done that. Why can't we do that? Well, you're also six one, so it just changed things a little bit, but we can figure something out. I can get a step stool. I want to try this. Um, Shorter than average length and thick girth. This is kind of, they call this the coffee can, I think. The kielbasa. Yeah, but we've always called it a coffee can. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's like. Somebody, somebody, that was on a movie sometime. The kielbasa is shorter, stout, and able to simulate the vaginal erectile canals like nobody's business. There are oodles of sensitive nerve endings packed around the entry position. <laughs> entry point, sorry. <laughs> so the shorter length makes for some pretty toe-curling penetration for both parties. Never experienced that either, babe. We're just going to skip average length and girth. Fuck those guys. Um, larger, salami. Larger than average length and girth. The salami is the type of appendage you're most likely to see in porn. Long and thick. The key to making the most of it is lots of lubes and positions that let the receiver have more control. The problem with this is you can't, there are certain things you can't do. Like anal. It's like driving a Mack truck. You can't, you can't go through a drive-thru, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a lot of work to have sex with a giant penis. Yep. I'm feeling emasculated, but it's okay. Um, okay, here's, I'm curious about this. Larger than average length and thin girth. Mm-hmm. So, pencil thin? The pencil dick. <laughs> but it's noticeably longer and narrower than average. To make the best use of the thin penis, stick to tight-legged positions. The tighter space is pleasurable for both and still lets the receiver control how much of the length they take in. So this, it. yeah, would be keep your legs together when he's entering you. Yeah, there's lots of different Especially ways to do that. Especially from behind, you're laying down. Yeah, so if you're going like... Um, oh, spooning. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Or if you're, uh, if you're going like guy on top style instead of having like... Um, what's that called? straddling you you uh-huh. can like put both legs over one shoulder yeah it's a good move i like that move a lot mm-hmm. you can switch shoulders too Just change the angle up a little bit yep yep all right uh keep going all right we got circumcised uncircumcised those are pretty straightforward we're gonna move through here pretty quick hairy hairy hair around the base of the penis is pretty much a given unless it's shaved off you may even notice a few stragglers on the shaft it's all good I wonder how far up the shaft stragglers go. Yeah, I've never really had, I've never been in a situation where there's like hair on the actual shaft, like up it. Up it, I don't know. What if you had I'm hair going sure. on the head of your dick? If that happens. Oh my. Okay, this is interesting. Smooth, with not a vein or bump inside, a smooth penis makes for a silky smooth entry. 
I want. I don't want it to be super smooth. I, I don't feel like for her pleasure. you're kind of ribbed. Yeah, you you're a little veiny. You're not super veiny, but like, I don't know. I can feel the. I'm not super vascular in my whole body, so it makes sense. Yeah. Some cocks have uber. Oh, this is a veiny cock. Some cocks have uber accentuated veins, especially when they're aroused. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that. No. But I've never been with like a super smooth like all the way around penis. That seems odd. Okay, here's some here's some big here's the big difference here. This is the this is one I wanted to get into. Okay. Growers and showers. Shower. A shower refers to a penis that stays pretty much the same size whether it's erect or not. Experts don't know why the, why it happens, but it appears to be relatively common according to research available. This is what you get when you talk about a uh John Ham type situation. And we know we brought up John Ham's dick a couple times on this podcast, but it's because it's a thing. Google it. He was, uh, especially on the set of Mad Men, they had to make him wear tight underwear because <laughs> it was distracting. His dick is so ginormous. But I've also been in that situation. I, I remember showering with a guy. The first time I showered with black dudes, he was just, it was a, it was a mixed race guy. He played baseball and football. He was only like five, nine. Um, he was a defensive back and I think a shortstop, but I remember getting the shower with this guy and I was like, this guy is swinging a fucking hammer. And then it was me and my buddy. We actually talked about it after we got a shower. It was the first tight day we showered with the, with the upperclassmen. And my buddy Blake were talking about how there's just no way that his dick got any bigger when it was hard. Like it just would, you wouldn't be able to do. It was like, it was just, there's nothing you could do with it. Like it would be a tragedy. Oh my God. <laughs> like, what are you doing? There was actually a guy that we went, same, me and Blake, same dude. We ended up both transferring to um, Texas state. And there was a guy um, that graduated the year before I got there and they called him Maglite. And a lot of girls just wouldn't sleep with him, but he was all, he was six, six. He was like one of those, he's like a Hagrid. He was just a big, he was like a big human being, like sized up in every way. Like, cause I'm, I'm six, four. I'm like a, but I'm like a tall, normal size. I'm like a big, normal size person. Yeah. And then there's certain people like you see like offensive linemen for, in the NFL or just like a different, like everything about them is bigger. Like their bone density is bigger. Their shoulders are super broad. They're like, look at like a refrigerator. He was one of those type of guys. And it was one of those things. Cause he was like a good looking dude. He was just huge. And women just wouldn't they'd be like, no, I can't. I'm not, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do with that. I'm not climbing that mountain. No, I just can't. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. Like better luck next time. Yeah. I feel like if you're that guy, you got to have like a, um, you got to have like a, you gotta have a big woman. Yeah. Let me just say, I've been in a lot of locker rooms and a lot of clubhouses in my day. And I've seen a lot of these. I've seen them and I don't want to see them again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot. It's got to be scary. Like, do you but know if you're, how in, many, if you're into that though, you'd be so excited. Do you know how many times I've been like purposely flashed by all these boys? Cause they think it's so funny to like flash the solo girl who's in the locker room and they just walk up to me and like open their towel to me. And I'm just like, I didn't need to see the most ginormous penis of all time. What? Please get that away. What from is that me. movie where the guy like gets his wishes and he, go, he get, goes back it's got the guy from the mummy. What's his name? No Brendan Fraser. No. Oh yeah. yeah. That's Brendan Fraser, but I don't know. Yeah. And he, uh, he like gets these wishes and he goes back and he's, he like wishes to be like a, a professional athlete or whatever. And mm-hmm. he, cause, cause he wants to date this girl and he gets his, but they, all the wishes uh, is just like any other thing. They backfire, but he's like, uh, he's in a towel and she's interviewing him. And then his towel comes off and he has like a tiny, he has a tiny dick. He's like 6'10", but he has like a little bitty dick. Babe, He's like, oh, come on. I can't oh. say this person's name, but can I just say that one of the most famous, successful, wealthy athletes on the planet has the smallest penis. LeBron and James. the grossest <laughs> body. And when I saw this, I was like, oh my God, if people knew this, 
like it would change everything. Anyways, go on. All right. Most penises are growers, which means they get bigger when they are hard. I'm a grower. Yeah, you are. Very nice. I feel like, um, I feel like being a grower is a very uh, evolutionarily advantageous situation. Because? Because you, if you're thinking about, we didn't always have clothes, you know, you just have a little thing going on. You just don't want your dog getting caught on things. That's actually a thing in a lot of tribes. Oh. Chris, Chris, um, Chris, uh, what the fuck's his name from sucks at dawn. Oh, um, wow. How would we go both blanking oh on my this? God. Chris Ryan, Ryan. Yeah. Jesus. Chris Ryan talks about this where <laughs> in, in these places where you like are running around naked, basically. Like having a, a big dick is like frowned upon and they like make fun of them. Oh, interesting. And actually, uh, you know how um, in the Vatican, all the, all like the gods and stuff yeah. um, have like little dicks, all the art and stuff like that. Oh yeah. It's because they thought big dicks were like brutish and barbaric. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it, that's why the, but the, if you look at the guys who were the, like the, the, the Greek God, like archetypal statue, right? Like that guy would be fucking packing heat. Uh-huh. Like tall big dude like very rarely they would have like a little a little dinker on there but they uh yeah they thought they thought that they were brutish and barbaric like the because there was a lot of like um during that time there were like nomadic step people that they considered not really um from like step nomads and stuff like that's who were kind of uh, uh genghis khan descended from mm. and they would consider those people would have like these barbarians would have big old dicks and they thought it was not like proper that's why when you see like the creation of Adam, they have like little, like God That's and Adam so have little crazy. bitty, little penis. Yeah. Little Venus sausages. Yeah. Very interesting. So but yeah, you don't want that thing getting caught on something. If you're running through the bush, yeah. you know what I mean? It's all of a sudden you got your dick caught on a fucking thorn. You don't want that. But when you're, when you're, when you're getting down to business, you want it, you want it to be uh nice and ripe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I've been with both. And the thing I like about being with you is that, and this is so TMI. But I like feeling you grow. Like if I'm going down on you or I'm touching you, like I like that feeling. It's super arousing for me. Like it's one thing to just feel someone get hard, but to like feel it get bigger. I don't know. It's really sexy. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Yeah. Although my dad and my brother both have humongous dongs. Really? Yeah. I think they're both showers. Oh, wow. got the other side of the deal. Wow. But I'm also like, I got the other genetics. My brother swapped. But my dad, um, I don't know if I've told you this, but he, he he painted cars for most of his life. And he worked at this body shop where my friends, my friends, uh, I was friends with these two guys that were cousins. They were good friends too. And they're one of their dads and the other one's uncle owned this, um, owned this body shop. My dad worked at, and you could always see his dick through his like Wranglers. He would wear Wrangler jeans, like the tight ones. Oh wow. And I didn't know that, but like my friend, like, I didn't know that to my friends told me. And then I like brought it up to my mom and she like got super embarrassed. It was, I would always oh. give my mom the hardest fucking time. Um, but God, so funny. Your mom was getting that big old dick. <laughs> well, she was like, get seven, it, she was like 17. Oh 18. God. Oh God. But yeah, my brother definitely got that, got that, uh, got that gene apparently. So funny. But look at me. I'm out here. <sighs> look at you. What can we do? Well, this has been a fun little, this is uh, great. Wander. we didn't talk about coronavirus one time. Thank God. <sighs> Now we did. Damn it. I ruined it. Jesus Connor. But uh, just make sure if you love the show to head over to Apple podcast and leave it a, uh, a nice five star review. Yeah. We'll send you some cool playlists and fun stuff. Yeah. I haven't sent people any presents in about a week. So, you know, hit me up. I'll swipe my credit card for you. I'll buy you something nice. <laughs> what? Send it to your house. Are you I the think sugar giving, mama? I, I pretty much am. I'm the podcast sugar mama. I send books. I send, um, I send turmeric. I send journals. I send Oracle decks. I send all the things. So if you haven't reviewed the show, hit me up and I will treat you right. Okay. 
Okay. I'll just send you a mushroom playlist because <laughs> I love you that much. And I want you to have a, a beautiful time. You make an amazing playlist though. So I do have really good playlists. Yeah. See y'all guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. This show is brought to you by Soulfire Productions.